Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The UFC is right back at it, right back to the UFC Apex tomorrow night for UFC 250, headlined by Amanda Nunes, who looks to make some more history in her storied career as she defends her featherweight title against the number one contender, Felicia Spencer. What's going on, everybody? Mike Heck here from MMAfighting.com. This is the official UFC 250 preview show, virtually alongside Jose Youngs, who is in Las Vegas. Jose, you've gone from Jacksonville to Las Vegas. I believe this will be your fifth event covered since the UFC has returned to action during this COVID-19 pandemic. We got a title fight in the main event tomorrow night featuring the greatest women's MMA fighter of all time against a gritty, tough contender. The Bantamweight division is going to be showcased. We have some fascinating storylines. This is one of those events, Jose, at least in my opinion, that early on the feeling was this card was sort of eh, but I feel that people are starting to realize that there's a lot to like on this card, is there not? I love this card. I mean, people complaining in like comment sections and online and social media and in person be like, oh, this card sucks. I'm like, y'all are crazy. Like the greatest female fighter of all time is fighting in the main event, looking to make history. And then there's a lot of, uh, specifically a lot of really high level bantamweight fights uh, against former champions, former title challengers, future title, title challengers. So yeah, I I really like this fight card as a whole. I, it, people complaining about last week, I get. People complaining about next week, I get. But like this fight, I I really like this fight. People are just all of a sudden like, you start off UFC 249, one of the greatest cards ever put together, and then you get a couple fight nights of people all of a sudden complaining. The next pay-per-view is not on the same level as 249 because that's almost impossible to do month to month. But I, I thoroughly like this card. This type of thing happens every year, by the way, pandemic or not. But let's start with the main event for tomorrow night. We got pretty in-depth on this fight on the debut episode of Between the Links on Mm -hmm. Tuesday, which you can go check out on this page or wherever you're listening to this right now. But let's talk Amanda Nunes, Jose. She's done it all to this point, but she has the chance to do something that no other fighter in UFC history has ever done, and that's successfully defend multiple titles in multiple weight classes while holding those titles simultaneously. And just saying that, Seems like a lot to process, but she has a tougher test in front of her than most people are giving credit to. Your thoughts the day before this women's featherweight title fight? I mean, I'm still picking Amanda to win. She's the greatest female fighter of all time. I know our own Casey Lydon is on record saying he thinks Spencer will win. Uh, But I I think um, Amanda, her media day when she's like, everyone has holes. I'm human. Uh, So she is fully aware of what her weaknesses are and the fact that uh, she's like her camps are very structured to her, towards her opponents. So especially down there at ATT. So the fact when I heard that, I was like, she knows that there are weaknesses. She knows Spencer's strengths play into those weaknesses. I would have to imagine because uh, she was supposed to fight what last like last month. And now she gets another month to train. I would imagine she's worked a lot on filling those those gaps in her. So yeah, I would I would have to favor Amanda Nunes, but I'm not if Spencer wins. I Spencer skills from a body taekwondo background mixed with some very heavy top game, excellent ground and pound, and some 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 great grappling. Uh, I I do, I she has more than just a puncher's chance against the greatest fighter of all time. 
when we talk about Amanda Nunes, silly we hear about pound for pound lists. And I'm generally not a big fan of these conversations because it's so subjective and you can look at it in so many different ways. But if Amanda Nunes does defeat Felicia Spencer tomorrow night, retains the title and and adds to that legacy, where does that put her on that list in your opinion? It's, it would depend on how she does it. Uh, if she just squeaks out like a, a lackluster decision, which I don't think is going to happen, then that's a conversation that we're going to have. But if she just goes out there and axe kicks Felicia Spencer and knocks her dead in the first 30 seconds, could be another conversation. But then again, probably know we could get like Augustuson John Jones where she looks, she looks human in the first two rounds and then guts it out and pulls out the big win at the end. And then we're talking about one of the, great, the greatest fighters in, of all time, not just male or female. So uh, I, she's already in my mind the greatest fight, female fighter of all time. I think she could, you can, there's a very clear argument that she's top five, 10 ever in UFC history, uh, especially considering who she's beaten and how she's beaten them. But she's, again, coming off a decision against Jermaine Durand, and all of a sudden, you've said it yourself, we're very, like, like immediate thoughts on fighters. So, like, she, she, she's, she, she didn't, she knocked out Holly Holm, she knocked out Chris Cyborg, and then she's fought Jermaine Durand to a decision. She's not that good. I'm like, y'all are nuts. You got all are nuts, if that's how you're thinking. So, uh, it depends on how she wins. The after Saturday, I'll have a bad I did want to add about this fight because people complain about the main event, but I did have someone message me on Instagram the other day. And this individual told me that it's not the fight itself. He's looking at negatively. It's the fact that Felicia Spencer is in this spot so early in her career. And if she goes out and gets beat or you okay. know, acts kicks, right. like you said, or finish like this, this will stunt her evolution and growth in a big way before it really ever gets going. Do you subscribe to that theory oh. at all? No. Well, how many fights has Dominic Reyes had True. in his career? How many? Well, look what he did against John Jones. Like, come on. Like, this, it's, 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 I don't, like, Kamara Usman has far less fights than uh, Jorge Masvidal. And look at, he's champion already. Colby Covington doesn't have a ton of fights under his league. Like, he's been fighting in the UFC for a long time, but he debuted fairly uh, early into his career. So, no, I don't subscribe to that. Like, a man, Felice Spencer is the rightful number. Who else would get this title shot at 145? Like, Megan Anderson is the only other one, and Philly Spencer beat her, and not only just beat her, stopped her. Like, Felicia Spencer fought Chris Cyborg to a three-round decision. Like, say what you want. That's bad for your health. And she she came out uh, not uh, – she, she was she, – yeah, she got beat up, but she wasn't she, – she got a lot of fans from that, a lot of momentum. So, no, I don't subscribe to that whatsoever. Yeah, I thought it was just a, a different question and a different theory that I've seen in regards to this fight throughout this process. But we move to the co-main event, which has a lot of people still scratching their heads. We have Cody Garbrandt, the former UFC Bantamweight champion, is returning after 15 months away from the octagon to take on Rafael Asuncao. Now, the reason people aren't thrilled this is the co-main event is because of the before it, Aljamain Sterling versus Corey Sanhagen. That's definitely a number one contender fight. I have to say, Jose... And I'm not sure how you feel about it, but while I agree that Sterling versus Sanhagen should absolutely get that shine, after what Cody Garbrandt had to tell me and other members of the media yesterday at the virtual media day, I am much more in on this fight than I was maybe a week or so ago. I mean, honestly, too, if there are both fights are three rounds. I don't think it matters where they they're placed on the card. Yeah, it is it, on on paper and, and like optically, being the co-main event is a bigger deal. You get on the poster and everything. But you think Aljamain Sterling, Corey Sanhagen care? They're gonna win, and the winner will fight for a title. That is much more important. Whether they fight the first or the co-main event, it's still three rounds. It's still Corey Sanhagen, Aljamain Sterling. It just depends on when they fight. So optically, sure, 
I'm, I would honestly, outside of the co-main event, I would rather have Sanhagen Sterling headline next week, and then I Calvillo could be the co-main event. So uh, I get it. I, but Co- Cody Garbrandt, former champion, is very popular. Of the four, Sterling, Sanhagen, uh, Garbrandt, and the Sunsau, I would comfortably say Cody Garbrandt is the most recognizable and most popular amongst the fans. So uh, say what you want about deserving, undeserving. I, I don't think it doesn't it's not as big of a deal to me as other people are making it. Here's one thing people are concerned about because the UFC can sometimes do UFC things. And you and I, we talk about this all the time. We don't like to look into the future, but Rafael Sanso has the top five of this division for a long, long time. He has fought pretty much everybody at this point. Cody Garbrandt, like you said, is one of the big stars of this division, still has the potential to be an even bigger star. I'm not asking for like specific matchups per se, but where does the winner go from here in the grand scheme of things at 135? And is there any chance, back to the concern, that the winner can jump the queue with an impressive performance? Uh, jump the queue, I would say no, because Dana was pretty adamant at the scrum we just had with him that he was like, is this a number one contender? He's like, yeah, number one contender. Uh, Jan Aldo are going to fight. But then like you got Marlon Moraes up, like the winner could fight Marlon. Or like Dominic Cruz is all of a sudden back. Frank Yeager is supposedly back. So literally... Pick any one of those bantamweights I just named. Whoever's not fighting, fight the winner of the Coleman event. Or if Cody Garbrandt even teased dropping down to flyaway. So it doesn't even it wouldn't even matter at that point who he fights at 135. So like you're telling me you wouldn't want to watch Cody Garbrandt at a Sunsau or like Cody Garbrandt, Dominic Cruz part two as a headliner of a fight night, or or Cody Garbrandt, Marlon Marais. Like I love all those fights. So uh, the bantamweight division is so so excellent right now that I don't. It's I. It's one of the most top heavy divisions right now in terms of clutter. But I kind of like this mini tournament we're having, and not to mention, like I'm sure we're gonna talk about it later. There's a lot of other high level bantamweight fights on the on the clear on the night too. Yeah, of course, we we have to talk about Sterling versus Sanhagen. This is the fight that everyone has seemed to circle, everyone seems to have their eye on, and for good reason, obviously. There is a lot on the line here. This fight sells itself. You don't need us to, to sell for you, but besides all of that, this is a really interesting fight. What sticks out to you the most when you hear Aljamain Sterling versus Corey Sanhagen? This is Corey Sanhagen's is, is basically a prototype. Like he's next evolution of Dominic Cruz like he, his, his footwork his striking his his overall uh, fight IQ is so sharp he's a well spoken cat so he might directly model it but he, he's made it known was his favorite fighter to watch and Alzheimer Sterling has been in the UFC for a long long time and he always wanted one of those those big title fights so uh, I'm viewing this as uh, Alzheimer's unbelievable on the ground like he has some of the nastiest ch- in the world, elite wrestling, and yeah, he's been knocked dead by Marlon Moraes, but uh, Corey Sanhagen versus Aljamain Sterling. Like, take out title implications, take out co-main events, main events, whatever. I'll watch these two spar. This is just a high-level martial arts competition that happens to be inside of an octagon. Like, I don't care if it's for the title or co-main event, number one contender, whatever. I just want to see these guys fight because it's so high-level. I love this fight a lot, as everybody watching and listening to this loves this fight as well. There's a lot of fights on the card that are really, really good. So for the for the sake of time, Jose, because I know you're going to get kicked out of there shortly, let's dive a little bit deeper. Per usual, it's time for the under-the-radar fight of the night heading into tomorrow night. Well, going into this, I would have to say the Sugar Sean and Eddie Weiland fight card, but fight, but because Sugar Sean's like tab is like one of those future, not just like big deals, but like superstar that the UFC's putting the machine behind a like the Conor McGregor's and the Ronda Rousey's and everything, and Francis Ngannou's. But I mean, Cody Stamen and 
Brian Kelleher has it has to be the story everyone's talking about right now. I mean, Kelleher, this is his second fight in a handful of weeks. Uh, he's obviously for uh, co a longtime co-host of the, uh, the A-side. Talks uh, Me and him share affinity for the Tigers, I Crystal, but then Stamen's story of the passing of his brother and him deciding to fight through it has really, like, I was really into this fight before, but now that is a lot of emotion and, and baggage to carry into uh, into a professional fight. And Kelleher and him kind of made this fight on Twitter before Kelleher's last fight. He's like, oh, after I get through Azure, I'll fight you next. And lo and behold, that's what happened. So, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a little emotional when that fight happens. So I'm going to I'm gonna have to circle that one as if people are looking for a storyline to attach to and latch onto, Stamen Kelleher is, has, has all the makings of, like, waterworks after that one. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on Stamen. Obviously, coming in with a very heavy heart against Brian Kelleher, who is on a roll right now. Plus, he's sharing the card with Sean O'Malley, which makes things yeah. even more interesting. I know with with the matchup, O'Malley is a, is a little more intrigued, a little more fascinated with how that fight goes down. Maybe Kelleher is on his radar after all, if he can keep the streak going. But to me, uh, Juicier Formiga versus Alex Perez, what an awesome fight that is at 125 fight pounds. Rolls. That is completely <laughs> under the radar, buried on the prelims, as our own Casey Lydon said during the weigh-in show. And uh, with everything that happened yesterday, and I was looking forward to this fight anyways, Ian Heine was on the card, off the card, then replaced by Anthony Ivey. Then as our own Damon Martin reported last night, he's back on the card against Gerald Mearshardt. I don't remember ever seeing something like this happen 48 hours before a fight where a guy was in, out, and back in, especially, you know, with, with, with COVID-19 and the pandemic going on. In fact, I'm going to be speaking with Gerald Mearshart in, in a little while to see where his head is at after, after all this mayhem. That's just such a, such a wild story, Jose. It's welcome to 2020. <laughs> like, like people, people are talking about like, like uh, the quality of video and people getting in the way of the cameras. I'm like, sorry, this is, this is 2020. This is the pan the UFC in the mid amidst a pandemic and a, a movement that is much is is much more is above and beyond sports at this point. So uh, yeah, welcome to the welcome to the world, Jose. I assume another COVID test in isolation awaits you, right? Oh yes, I got to get there. I think 6:45 a.m. tomorrow. Take my I think it would be my fifth COVID test in the last few months covering UFC fights, and then quarantining inside a hotel room. You named it. Well, we appreciate all of your hard work as always, sir. We will have all of your UFC 250 coverage throughout the event. And after the event with our post-fight coverage, we will have you covered across the board over here at MMAfighting.com. With that said, we're putting a bow on another preview show. For Jose Youngs, I am Mike Heck. Appreciate all of you guys watching this, and we will see you tomorrow night. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.